Happy New Year. All right, yeah, good to see everybody, and exciting news, right? So Matt's coming, and you're getting rid of me, so got to love that. (laughs) I've always said, um, God put me here to prepare for whoever that next guy is, and we now know who the next guy is, and so I'm excited, hope all of you are as well. And uh, a lot of things coming in this new year, new year always brings a lot of change, doesn't it? Um, Hopefully mostly good, a lot unexpected, some expected, so, uh, but God is with us all the way through. In fact, I loved getting up this morning and driving to church after a few days of rain and clouds, and the new year begins with this beautiful, sunny day. And I'm just sort of taking that as a sign from the Lord that, uh, that he's moving us forward and that, that uh, the life is going to be awesome this year. It's going to have challenges. Every year does have challenges, but God is with us, and he's going to move us through, and uh, it is sunshine. Amen? Amen. Amen. Um, well, as you said, a lot of change does happen in a year, and uh, sometimes we can go through a year when we can feel like all the change is happening to us, and we're just trying to sort of get through it and survive. And so this morning, I want to talk about us being the change makers, right? Us figuring out how do we make the changes in our own lives that make a difference in the lives of those around us as well. And uh, New Year is a good time to talk about that, right? In fact, most people, when the New Year hits, are thinking about change. Uh, Most people, not everybody, most people think, should I make a resolution? Which I don't do that anymore. Um, You know why? How many people actually keep their resolutions? Very, very few. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. And, and, and they just don't really work. In fact, in January, gyms and sport places run sales to get you to buy into them. Because everybody's thinking, I need to get in shape. I need to lose weight. I need to do this. I need to do that. And so a lot of gym memberships are sold in January. And in January, they're full. But February comes along, and they're a ghost town again. Right? So, and, uh, and, and, and gym places know that's the, that that's the case, but they'll make a lot of money off of us anyway. But uh, change is hard to actually move toward it and, and actually get there. And so, uh, we're going to take a look at a scripture this morning from Jesus. In fact, it was Christ's teaching the last night he was here on earth, before his crucifixion for us. And he told, a, it was something of a parable and teaching, and, and where he told his disciples, I am the true vine. He says, my, my father is the gardener, you are the branches. It's found in John chapter 15. And uh, I think we, we have in here recipe for good change in the new year. Now, now, the good news is, if you're a Christian, that God actually gives you a fresh start, not once a year, but every single day, right? Every single day, because Christ died for us and was raised again, we have a fresh start. So every day is a day we can make a change. Every day, not just once a year. Every day, we get a do-over. We get a fresh start And that's the the bottom line good news for us today. 
Now, as we jump into this in John 15, just a little background note, and that is when Jesus says, I am the vine, I am the true vine, there's a, a certain way he says that that doesn't come through in the English. Because in the English, we say, I am, I am Jerry. Um, but in the Hebrew and the Greek, you would never use the word I, you would just say am. Because you don't need the word I, right? Is there any other word that goes with am? No. So you say, am too, am not. You know what you mean, right? You mean I am. And so in Greek and Hebrew, you don't use the word I, you just say am. Am Jerry. So when Jesus says, I am, and he actually uses both words, he's actually referring back to the Old Testament when God says, I am who I am. And seven times in the Gospel of John, we have Jesus saying, I am something. In fact, I have a list here because I can never remember all. I can generally get to six like I'm losing one. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door of the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way and the truth and the life. And then finally, I am the true vine. And each time he says these seven things, he says, I am, referring back to God's identification of himself. And this is a way that Jesus implicitly was saying, basically, I am God who is with you. I'm not just some, some dude that happens to be really nice and tells a lot of stories. I am God who's come in flesh. And what, when did we celebrate that? Just a week ago, Christmas, right? God became flesh and dwelt among us in the birth of Jesus Christ. So let's jump in now to, uh, to John chapter 15. And uh, I'm going to read the first four verses. We'll, we'll, we'll go through. Uh, Jesus says, I am the true vine. And my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. And while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit of itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Amen. Let's just have a, a, a mode of prayer together before we, 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 continue, we continue on. Let's pray. God, we thank you that you are here with us right now. And not just now, but you've been us, with us every day of this past year, every day of our lives since the moment the spark of life began. And we trust that in this coming year, you're going to be with us as well. And so teach us now what it means that you are the true vine and that we are the branches. Lord, we pray that you just make these more than just words on a page, but engrave them in our hearts and our minds. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So the first, our first point this morning is this, the change that we want to make, and that is make Jesus your source. Make Jesus your source. You know, I remember um, it was a few years ago, uh, we have vines on either side of our, our, our house on the, in the backyard, and, and on one side, um, one of the sections of vine turned brown and died, and it's like, 
what happened? Um, just you get, you get sick or something, but and, and found out that part of the vine went through the, the, the branch, through the, the fence into our neighbors and then back into our yard, and they had cut the part that it, it went into theirs as they were just trimming their yard. And when they, so when they cut it off, even though I didn't see that it was that it was cut off, it was cut off from the vine and it died. And what Jesus is saying here is, is that exact point. If we're not connected to him as the vine, if we're just a branch, if we're disconnected, we will die and shrivel. We've got to be connected to the source of life and purpose and meaning, and that is Jesus Christ. He is the vine, right? He is the vine. And so the question, and and, and I have four points today and then four questions about how to assess our lives. And so the question with this one is, what's really at the center of your life? What's really at the center of your life? What's at the center of my life? Um, is it my needs and wants? Is it God's desires for me? And, and you know, I mean, we're in church, so we know the right answer, right? <laughs> oh, it's God. It's God's will. That's at the center. But, but I want to encourage you, don't, don't fool yourself, right? It, 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 at the beginning of this new year, as we assess our lives and figure out how do I move forward and make a change, you can't make a change unless you know where you're starting. It's why malls have these maps to say, you are here, right? If you don't know where you are, the map does you no good. And so I need to know, where am I right now? So it, 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 the more honest I am, the more successful any possible change or decision will be. So I need to ask myself, what is truly at the center of my life? And what do I want to be at the center of my life? Uh, there's a verse in Lamentations. You don't have these, these verses in your, in your, your outline. Um, <laughs> Lamentations. It sounds like a horrible book, doesn't it? To start the new year with our first scripture. Lamentations. It says this, let us examine our ways and test them. Let us return to the Lord. Right? So the Bible tells us we need to examine and test our lives. Look in and see where where am I really? And then make the decision to return to the Lord. And and all of us need to make that decision because even though we may be with the Lord and we made a decision for him, we all end up getting off the path. Every day we get a little off the path. So we need to return to the Lord every day. Um, but in general, where is my life centered? Me, my needs, my desires, my fears, my anxieties, my hopes, or is it what God desires for me, who God made me to be? And, uh, and James chapter 1, I love this, this illustration that James gives. James is the brother of Jesus, and he says this, if you hear the message, the word, and don't obey it, you're like someone who stares at themselves in a mirror and then forgets what they look like as soon as they leave. That sounds like a strange thing, right? I mean, you look in the mirror, that's me. Of course, sometimes you go, is that really me? Those, a few more wrinkles, a few more gray hairs, another year older, but whatever. Um, but he says, it, it, you know, some people who, they read the word, they read the word of God, they see its truth, and then they walk away, and it's like it, it, it's like it didn't even exist. That's the way, unfortunately, we as people sometimes are. It's like we come to church, or we're listening online, we, we hear a great message, we get into the Word, and then Monday comes, and what's Monday like? It's as if Sunday never happened. 
right? It's like just back to life as usual. It's like we forget what we look like. We forget who we really are. We're reminded on, on Sunday morning, but hopefully you're also spending time with God each day to remind yourself who you really are, that you're not uh, um, a free agent in the world. You actually belong to the God who lovingly created you for a purpose. And we've got to remember that. Remember who God is, who he's made us to be. Remember that truth, that provides the foundation for every other good change in life, every other good decision. It begins with God at the center. He's the source of my identity, right? Well, second point today is choose to make a difference. Choose to make a difference. And, and the next few verses of John 15 uh, sort of get at that for us. Jesus repeats himself. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. And, and, and this idea of fruit, obviously, right? Why do you have a... a, a, a think of grapevine when he's thinking vine. Uh, vineyards were, were, were popular back then. And, and when um, in the Old Testament, God used the, the vineyard several times to describe the people of God. And the only reason you ever plant a vineyard is to do what? It's get grapes. You don't plant a vineyard because it looks cool, although it does look cool. But you plant it to get the grapes. You plant it for the fruit. And so Jesus says, I want you to bear fruit as, as well. And if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, clipped off from the root, the vine, you can do nothing. No fruit. If you do not remain in me, you're like a branch that's thrown away, withers, such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. God wants us to live lives that make a difference. It's why we were created. He didn't create us to just sort of take up space and, and, and breathe in oxygen, right? That's not why we were, we were created, to actually make a difference in the world around us, to make a difference in each other's lives. And so the, the, the assessment question here is really simple. Am I making a difference? And not just, you know, well, I, you know, I, 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 I served a customer, um, you know, I, I, I put a bolt in, a, in this thing or, you know, okay, that can make a difference. But are we, is our life really making a difference that lasts? That's the question we need to ask. What difference is my life making? And, and that's a more challenging question. What difference am I really making that's going to last, not just for the moment, but will have implications down the road? Right now, if you happen to be a teacher that teaches kids every day for you know 200 days a year, you're probably making a difference in one way or another, right? What difference are you making? Uh, but any job you can look at, what difference am I making in my job, in my home, in my neighborhood, 
Whatever connections God has gifted me with, what difference am I making? And I'm, and I'm not talking about I'm changing the whole world. Most of us, God did not give us that task. God gave us the, the task of changing our little world where we have a little influence. But in that place where we have influence, God wants us to make a true impact, not just for the moment, but for eternity. Amen. So I need to ask my some questions. What difference am I making? And... And I may not even be recognized for that by other people. You know, sometimes we do things that make a difference, but people don't give us praise for it, and that's okay. Often the change and the difference we make is sort of behind the scenes. And that's okay. You know, there aren't that many people who are up front here today. But we're all important. Right? So being visible isn't the important part of making a difference. In fact, sometimes being subversive uh, is even better. So what difference? You know, Galatians 6.4 says this. Each one should test their own work, examine their own work. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. I'm sure you've never done this, but I sometimes compare myself to other people. Am I doing better or worse, right? I mean, that's sort of a human curse. We compare ourselves to others. They're better. I'm better. You know, they're, and God says, stop it. You were created uniquely. I put you where you are for a purpose. You are no one else. You're not supposed to be like everyone else. Don't compare yourself to anybody else. Just examine your own life, your own work. How are you doing without comparing? Because the truth is, you can look at another person, you have no clue what's really going on in their life. So just look at yourself. And, and then uh, this, this verse in Haggai. It says, now this is what the Lord says. Haggai chapter 1, verses 5 and 6. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. You have planted much, but harvested little. It's like an ouch, right? I mean, how many of us tend to be busy? You know, we, there's a lot of stuff going on, right? How much are we actually accomplishing with all that busyness? That's sort of the question. You're planting a lot. How much are we actually harvesting? How much fruit are we getting? Jesus, I want you to be fruitful. You could only be fruitful if you are attached to me, if I'm your source, if, if, if I'm your direction and your purpose. And so the further we get away from God, the less we actually harvest that's of any real good or fruit. So what difference am I making? You know, in two weeks, it's coming really fast. In two weeks, our students are going away for freeze camp. Um, and there should be a lot of snow up there, I'm thinking. Especially since this next week is going to be like solid rain. Um, so it should be an awesome freeze snow camp. Um, but camp is an amazing time for a student. It's where we see generally kids giving their life to Christ, making new commitments to, to change their life, to, to, to spending time with God. And it's one of, the, one of those times when just for three days, it's over the long weekend, Martin Luther King Jr. Day, the long weekend, when they're gonna, a difference is going to be made in their lives. And, and there is actually a way that you can make a difference in their lives as well because we have some families... Um, I mean, I hate to say it, but camp is expensive. Um, and we have some families for whom that's a challenge. 
And so we don't want there to be any obstacle to our students going to camp and seeing their lives change. And so if you're interested, if you head out that door in Student Center B, it's just the first uh, uh, room on the right, on the wall there should be a, a place where you, if you'd like to give a scholarship and just give, give a little gift toward a student being able to go to camp and having their life transformed, I just encourage you to think about doing that. Um, it's one of the ways we can make a, a, a significant difference in investing in future generations. Um, but where is your life making a difference? Think about your work life. Where are you making a difference? Not just in things, but in people. Now, things can make a difference too, but people is where it's really at. Think about your home. Your family, even if you live alone, you, you probably still have family. Where, what difference are you making in your family, with your friends? Think of all the different relational webs that God has given you. How does he want to use you in this coming year? Well, our third, third point today is clean out the clutter. Now, my wife's going to love me preaching on this, and I'm sure she's going to remind me of this, because I tend to be a person who, I don't mind clutter, um, much to the chagrin of my very neat wife. But um, let's pretend this has nothing to do with me at the moment. Um, but clean out the clutter of life in general. Chapter 15, verse 2, I want to go back to something we read in the first point, and that is this. He, meaning God the Father, cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so it will be even more fruitful. Okay, now, I don't know, most of us here aren't farmers, although we're surrounded by farms here in, in Camarillo, orchards. But um, one of the things that, that you can do is if, if a plant or a tree or a vine is growing, it'll often have too many fruit on it to be able to produce all those fruit well. And so if you trim back some of them, it can give more energy to the ones that are remaining and it becomes more fruitful. And the fruit you get is actually really good quality versus more with less quality. That's the idea of pruning back, better quality. So it says God wants to do that with us. Now pruning, if you've ever pruned, I don't think the, the plant really likes it. Or if the plant had a brain, it wouldn't like it. Thankfully, they don't have like nerve, nerve endings uh, to make it painful. But uh, pruning is it's a somewhat a violent kind of a thing. You're cutting off, you're cutting back, and, um, and it looks different at the end. And, and, but it says God wants to do that with us. Prune us back to make us more fruitful. And so the question here, the assessment is, what's preventing me from making the difference that I, in point two, decided I want to make, right? If in point two, it's, I really do want to make a difference in the world around me and the people around me, and not just for the moment, but, but lasting fruit and lasting difference, true significance, what's preventing me from actually doing that? Because I can say, oh, I want to do this, that, and the other to be more fruitful, but a lot of us don't have a lot of extra sort of margin in our life to add things, so part of that means cutting back if we're going to really make a difference. That's what pruning means. So what's preventing me from making the impact God wants me to make? 
And, 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 and what we need to cut back can include a number of things. It can include good things that we're doing. Sometimes we're doing too many good things, and so we're not doing any of them well. So sometimes it's cutting back on some good things to do other good things even better. Sometimes we're just busy. You know how you tend to, if you have time, you fill it with something, anything, everything? Especially entertainment sometimes. Well, sometimes it's, we just need to cut back on the busyness and focus more on other things that are going to be more fruitful in our lives. And then sometimes there are actually bad things in our lives that we need to get rid of. We need to root out because they are preventing us from having the impact that we were meant to have in this world. And 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4 says this. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. And read that again. No one serving as a soldier gets involved and tangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. There, and, and, and here, Paul is telling Timothy, there are a lot of things you can do, but God's called you to make a difference in these ways, and you can get involved in this, that, and the other, but that's not really going to serve you or anyone else or God's purposes. So sometimes you just got to let go of things. They're not bad. They just don't need to be in your life, right? There might be expectations of the world around you, expectations of society, of what it means to be a, a busy person or a successful person or a good parent or whatever. And so we, we just do those things because it's expected, but those are civilian affairs. We are soldiers under the command of Almighty God, right? We are servants of Jesus Christ, and we're called to live a certain kind of life with a certain kind of purpose, which means we don't necessarily always fit into what the world says, oh, you ought to do this and that and the other. Sometimes we need to cut those things out so we can focus on what is truly important. You know, 20-some-odd years ago, I was entering what, what was supposed to be midlife, I don't know. I, I was nearing 40, so I, I, was, I was trying to figure out, where, where's my life going as I near 40, and is it going the way it's supposed to? And I did an assessment, and I found out I was, I just hadn't really thought about it. I was on eight different boards at the time. I was just collecting board, boards, and I was like chairman of three of them. And so it's like, you know what? This is just crazy. I just keep doing things. When someone says, hey, you want to do this? It's like, well, that sounds good, right? And so I would do it. And so I actually, in, in that next year, I cut back half of the boards that I was on. And I just chose the ones that I felt like this is where God wants me to put my time and energy. And I can do it better if I've got fewer of them. God pruned half of the boards out of my life. Sometimes that's what it means to, to clean out the clutter. Get rid of the stuff that doesn't need to be there. That doesn't serve us well. They can even be good things that we decide, I just need to say no to this good thing. To say yes to this best thing. You might have heard the saying that good is the enemy of best. And that's often true in life. So many good things come along that we say yes to that we don't get around to what's truly best in our lives. So clean out that, that clutter. There's also some stuff, and all of us have it, where we've got this stuff in our lives. It's, it's bad stuff in our lives. 
It's selfish stuff. It's addictive stuff. It's, it's whatever, and it's, it's sort of eating us away at the inside, but, but yet we don't want to let it go. You know, it's that crazy thing. Even, even Paul in Romans talked about it. I want to get rid of it, but I don't. I, I have this battle within me, right? And, and we've all experienced that in one way or another. Um, and, and let me read for you from Psalm chapter 32. Psalm 32, verses 3 through 5. It's a little longer, but it's a beautiful, I don't know, beautiful, very realistic picture of, of when we're struggling with sin and, and, and bad in our lives. It says, when I refused to confess my sin, my body wasted away, and I groaned all day long. Day and night, your hand, Lord, was heavy upon me. My strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. Finally, I confessed all my sins to you and stopped trying to hide my guilt. I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord. And you forgave me. All my guilt is gone. I love those verses. Because it starts that real, that reality of when we got stuff inside of us, we know it's wrong, we know it's not right, and it just sort of eats away at us. Every day it eats away. And we give in sometimes, we fight against it sometimes, we give in, but it eats away. And, and we, we try to keep it secret, right? From other people, from God, sometimes we pretend even ourselves, oh, it's not really there, or it's not that big a deal. But it eats away at us, and we know it's wrong. But then it gets to that point of, Lord, I decided I'm not going to try to keep it secret anymore. I'm going to let it, I'm going to confess it, I'm going to give it to you, and you forgave me. All my guilt is gone. And that's the freedom that God wants to bring to us every single day. That's the freedom we have in Jesus Christ. He doesn't want us to suffer that way. He wants to free us. So part of cleaning out the clutter is, is confessing the sins that we're sort of keeping to ourselves. We're not letting go. Right? Those things that eat away at our heart, that eat away at our relationships, that eat away at our hope, that eat away at our joy, that eat away at our peace. God wants us to be free of those things. So cleaning up the clutter, having God prune us, means getting rid of some good things, getting rid of the bad things, and sometimes just getting rid of busy stuff so we can focus on the fruit that God created us for and make a real difference in the world around us. To have the life that we really would love to live. And remember, this isn't about willpower. It's not about me being the source of all this change. Remember point one? Make Jesus your source. It's about letting God's power flow through us, into us and through us to make these changes, to move forward. Our final point today, I know you're, you're, you're not going to believe it, but here we are. Number four, let love lead you in the new year. Let love lead you in the new year. John 15 says this, verse 9. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other 
as I have loved you. Love each other as I have loved you. Let love lead you in the new year. Right? So the assessment question is simple. What are my goals, values, and motivations heading into 2023? What are my goals, values, and motivations? Is it success, happiness, approval, security, a good image? What is it? And and God would say, let love be that thing that drives you forward. Let love be the thing that drives us forward. In fact, it's what drove Jesus. Everything Jesus did was driven, led by love. It's why we celebrate his birth and why in three months we're going to celebrate his death and his resurrection. Everything was about love. He loved so much he sacrificed himself. And, and in, in, in just a few minutes, we're going we're to take communion. And you might have been wondering why we had the, the chalice and the bread up here. Well, we're going to share communion because communion was a, a ritual a practice that Jesus gave his disciples the same night he gave this teaching on I am the vine and you are the branches. And he gave it to us to remember what he was going to do for us, what he has done for us on the cross. That the bread symbolizes his body and the cup, his blood, given for us on the cross for our forgiveness, for our new life. And not just to remember it, oh, remember what Jesus did 2,000 years ago? But also to remember his, his command to us, which is, love one another as I have loved you. That that's what we were created for. And just like Jesus loved us sacrificially and gave himself for us, he says, I want you, if you want to make a real difference in this world, it's giving your life away for other people, not trying to save it, not trying to build your own life up, but build up those around you. In Isaiah 58, we're told this. You know, sometimes we think, if I give my life away to others, who's going to take care of me? You got to take care of number one, right? Isaiah 58, 11 says this, the Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You'll be a well-watered garden like a spring whose waters never fail. Who's going to take care of you? God has your back. He's going to make sure that even though you may live in the desert, you've got a garden that is well-watered. If you give your life away, if you let love, God's love, lead you into the new year. You know, if, if you want to make a change in your life, if you want to live a life of significance, if you want to live a life of love that makes a difference in those around you, if you want to clean out the, the, the junk in your life and, 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 and have a life that is more fruitful, more productive, more joyful and peaceful and hopeful, then the only way to really find that is through the source, which is Jesus Christ. And if you've never given your life to him, then New Year's Day 
is about as good a day as it gets to give your life to him. Start this year knowing who you are as a son or daughter of the God who created us all. That you are created to make a difference. And that Christ lived and died for you to pay for all your sin, all your self-centeredness, all your failures, all your brokenness. And he wants to put you back together to be the person you've always hoped you could and would be. If you would like to give your life to him, I would just ask you as we close right now to, to pray with me this prayer of giving your life to God. Let's pray. God in heaven, heavenly Father, I want to know that I am your child. I want you to be my source of life and hope and joy and peace and love. I want to make a difference in this world. I want to be the one you created me to be. And so I receive right now the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. I receive right now your life, your forgiveness, your new start this first day of the year. I don't fully understand, Lord, what all this is going to look like, but I'm taking this step for this amazing journey. Thank you for your love for me. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.